Welcome back here. I think we're officially going to call this 30 Days of Star Wars because I liked that last time when we did that. Um, you guys hopefully listen to our Phantom Menace pod. Today we're talking about Attack of the Clones and we've added back Nate Lungarini. So, Jake, I can't be mean. I can be mean to you again. I guess that's how that works. You just like to show off in front of Nate. Yeah. Nate, last time last time I told him I wasn't going to be mean to him because it'd be awkward if he like his feelings were hurt and I didn't have anybody to like help me pile on with him. <laughs> so, yeah, if it's, it's bullying, it's OK, because it's multiple of us to make fun of Jake. But if it's one on one, it feels too mean. Gotcha. That's the context of it. <laughs> That's pretty much where I was going with that. Speaking of bullying, I think the three of us are probably going to gang up on this movie we're talking about today. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones came out in the year 2002. Jake and I were talking in the last pod about how we were probably too young to get fully into the Star Wars hyper Phantom Menace. I don't think that was true for the Attack of the Clones. I remember being very excited for this movie. I was probably seven or eight. I think that's how math works. I think that's in the range of where we were. Um, were you guys anticipating this? I honestly don't remember. I remember this was the first Star Wars movie we had on DVD in my house because we had VHSs for the original trilogy. Yeah. And uh, somehow we only ended up with episode two out of the three prequels in our house. <laughs> Good taste. Yeah, sure. Wow. <laughs> um, some Similar story. Uh, I remember Attack of the Clones coming out and not being all that interested and then I heard about it and my dad introduced me to A New Hope and Empire Return of the Jedi. And I was like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And then I saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters. But Attack of the Clones was the first time I had heard of Star Wars and was just kind of like, that sounds dumb. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And I, actually, I was right back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, Attack of the Clones was the first time Star Wars was on my radar. And then my dad went through all, all of them with me. And then we all, as a family, my cousins too, also Revenge of the Sith in theaters. Um, but yeah, Attack of the Clones was the first time I kind of realized what that Star Wars is even a thing. Well, Nate, you know what they say, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> oh, here so if we he's going to brag about childhood himself being correct about Attack of the Clones. Like, I guess I've been on a bit of a roller coaster because when I when I finally saw Attack of the Clones, I did like it as a kid. And then I have since changed my opinion, but... <laughs> Yes, I remember seeing it in the theaters because I was at the age, uh, this is no shock to anybody that knows me, I saw pretty much anything that I could see in the theaters. Like, any any movie that was PG or below, I was there. And then 17-year-old Andrew was like, I have a car, and went to every movie he could possibly go to. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, actually, yeah. That's <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> that was pretty good. It was actually 16-year-old. Anyway. I remember seeing it in the theater, but I don't remember a lot about the viewing experience. Otherwise, but like the only thing I really remember, I would say, is finding Yoda jumping up and down with a lightsaber. Hilarious as a kid, <laughs> like laughing, not like, oh, this is super cool. Like, wow, look at that little like Kermit relative jumping around doing flips, going after the old dude. Oh, no. See, I was all about it as a kid. I was like, wow, Yoda's Yoda's the he really is the grandmaster like him and Mace Windu are it. They, they can take anybody. I, I probably didn't see the original trilogy until before Revenge of the Sith. Oh, so you were all you were all confused and not clued in at all. No, I wasn't clued in at all, really. Like, I didn't really know contextually what this meant. I just knew that it wasn't they weren't my favorite movies. Interesting. Because, like, 
I remember being introduced to the originals pretty young and watching all of them pretty young. Like, I definitely saw the original trilogy before I saw uh, Phantom Menace or this one. I believe um, that was the case for me, too. See, my family wasn't a big, like, I guess, franchise movie family. They were like a movie by movie basis thing. So I had to do a lot of that research by myself. Yeah. My family is complete opposite. We had a whole bunch of geeks and nerds and Star Wars fans already primed and ready to go. So I fell right into that mold. <laughs> and I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, my mom isn't a huge movie person. She likes the things she likes. But my dad likes more movies than she does. And he was a big Star Wars guy as a kid. He, I think he went to see at least a couple of them in theaters. Um, and he was pretty much waiting for me to come around knowing that I would like it eventually. But So he was the one showing me all this stuff. And we talked about on the Phantom Menace pod kind of how that movie was a failure because it didn't really understand the appeal of Star Wars. I would say that that continues here in a different way and a much more catastrophically boring and dull and cringy way. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Because we talked about in that Phantom Menace episode how that plot is so obsessed with trade routes and tax negotiations and then you mix in Jar Jar stepping on poop, and it's like, is this for kids? Is this for adults? Is for accountants? Like, who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> this one is a little bit closer to – it's still a lot of talking and standing around and talking about politics, but it's not about, like, taxation and stuff like that. What it's replaced with is one of cinema's all-time cringiest romances, in my opinion. With, with a line to pair it with. Yeah, like, we've talked about movies in the past where it's hard to pin down exactly why a movie doesn't sit with you or why a movie's bad. This movie, it's easy. The Padme-Anakin thing is just dumb. <laughs> End of story. Yeah, even right from, right from the beginning, uh, I've thought about her every day for 10 years. Why? What happened in Phantom? Did they, what did I miss? Was there a big... Was, there's no big romance thing with them. He just kind of decides that he loves her one day, right? Yeah, and, and it's like on rewatch. On rewatch, it's really creepy how he talks about her. Mm. Especially when you consider the ostensible age difference between the two of them. Because what, he's like nine in Phantom Menace? 14. Yeah, I think. He's supposed to be 14 in Phantom Menace? No, 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 no. He's nine and she's 14, according to Weird Al Yankovic. She is supposed to be 14. Okay. So it's not that big of a difference, but... Natalie Portman doesn't look 14 in that movie. Not even close. She looks like <laughs> she's 17, 18 years old. Yeah, I think she was. My point is there's a sizable age difference. And the way he talks about her, it's like when you had a crush as a kid and, like, you saw that crush, like, maybe at, like, band camp for a week. I'm not speaking from experience. I didn't go to band, band camp or anything like that. But you saw that crush for a week and then never saw them again. But you just have all the good memories. And he talks about her like she's gone. You know, it reminds me a lot of uh, there's a college humor sketch where like the six girls you'll go back and see in your hometown. And Padme and Anakin remind me of you and your former babysitter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I guess from my own personal experience, um, I have a cousin who's two years older. And I always was just attracted to her friends and it drove her crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Don't worry. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, she always, she always had a certain group of friends that I was, and I would just annoy the hell out of her. Cause I was, I don't know, 13, 14 and she was 16 
And I was like, oh, your friends are so hot. And she was like, shut up. You're weird and annoying. I'm like, I know, but still. <laughs> I know I am, but regardless. <laughs> and I mean, like, I get it. He's going through, like, puberty and whatever. So he's very, like, emotionally heightened. He's already kind of whiny. He's supposed to be, like, 20. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, he's not going through puberty in this movie. He's just weird. He's annoying. He's too much. I, we're... we're <laughs> We're all going through puberty at different times in our lives, folks. <laughs> this this is a very not emotionally developed person because his life didn't really start until he was, you know, taken away by Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan to start training as a Jedi. He was a slave before that. He didn't really have any identity beyond being a slave. I was going to say, I also like how Obi-Wan for every now and then takes the place of the audience. Like, mind your thoughts, Anakin. You're going too far, Anakin. <laughs> this whole movie, it's like we're supposed to expect that they're like – huge friends like they they have a lifelong friendship but this movie is so big on one show don't tell you know what i mean it's very anti that because there's that scene in the elevator where they're like oh remember that fun time we had and it's like oh i remember obi-wan and it's like no well we don't remember we weren't there yeah like yeah also that scene doesn't work because he was like we fell into that pit no you did <laughs> right yeah and i mean like the entire movie obi-wan is reprimanding him like the entire movie like well, when they're together they're apart for a good hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking like these two are supposed to be a big pairing and then their fallout and Revenge of the Sith is supposed to be huge and it is, but they're apart a lot more than I remember them being. Yeah, and I think the common theme we're seeing is that scenes with Anakin and Hayden Christensen with other people don't connect. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's nothing new. He's not great. Like <laughs> Now, granted, the, the lines they give him to say are not awesome. Like the first thing he says to Padme in this movie, this is the first thing he says to her after like a decade apart. He goes, you look beautiful for a senator. I mean, what does that mean? Like, um, and I mean, like, why? We, like, what are we saying? Like, oh, you're you're beautiful, but you're not be- you're not like Bernie Sanders beautiful or anything like that. Like, what? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> what I don't understand that what that means. Oh, uh, Jar Jar's way hotter than you. <laughs> He's standing right there. Oh, man. Like, and that's like those lines are throughout the whole movie. This movie's biggest problem besides the way and this has to do kind of with how the romance falls flat. It's just the dialogue is awful. Yeah, it's been memed to death. You got the sand coarse and rough and gets everywhere. Uh, <laughs> the I killed the woman and the children, too. Like everything's just so whiny and dumb. <laughs> The sand line especially is hilarious because it is immediately followed by her like hardcore making out with him. And it's like, wow, that worked. Oh, like, yeah. honestly. <laughs> right. Every, every eight, 10 year old boy just had a very false idea of how talking to a girl works from that movie. <laughs> and we've talked about how George doesn't know how to direct actors, but Hayden really could have used it because some of these temper tantrums he's having are not fantastic, pal. Um, and I get I, he is supposed to become Vader, so I get like, he could be pissed that his master and the guy he considers a father to him doesn't respect him. That could be annoying, but like we need better lines. We need better actors. We need better execution. <laughs> we need better everything across the board from that character. I was going to say, it's a, it's a shame because as far as if we're going to talk some positives, it's pretty clear we're all on the negative side of this movie. But I do like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's always been the best part of the prequel trilogy. Yeah, I've always really genuinely liked him. I have that written in my notes here. Ewan McGregor is so much better than everyone mm. else. And it's true. I, it's He is so much better. He's doing a great Alec Guinness. He's charming. And he's, he's pretty funny every now and then. Yeah, the investigation scenes are pretty... 
not intense, but you know, they're at least mm-hmm. more interesting than all of the romance stuff. Like they're not great, but they're at least something. But you're absolutely right, Jake, that like he is kind of funny. There is one line where they both all three of them are on Genosis and they've been captured and they're about to, you know, be eaten by whatever toys they were selling at the time. Um, <laughs> and they're all chained to the pole. And Anakin was like, we came to rescue you. And he, he looks around and he goes, well, good job. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And even little there's like a pun in there, too. He's like. He's like, how do we get out of this? What about Padme? And he goes, she seems to be on top of things as she's escaping and climbing on top of the, the pole she's chained to. I was like, look at look at you. All the dads in the theater went. <laughs> <laughs> Elbowing their kid like you get it. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> right. Did you hold on? Can we pause it? <laughs> All the dads in Nate, we should say. Appreciate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like for for all the flack that this gets um, while we're on that, like genesis battle with the um with the animals and whatnot uh there's some good creative use of cgi in all this the i like the monsters as a kid i still think they they hold up pretty well now they like cool designs like a decent action scene um and then you get like the whole nerdgasm star wars battle where all the jedi are in a coliseum nonetheless it's like there's some cool stuff in there um i'll even toss in the fight between obi-wan and jango fett uh, on Coruscant, I think it is. Uh, no, that's it's. Uh, I just watched it earlier. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Already forgot. It, it's raining. <laughs> the, the place yeah. that really needs to take stock in umbrellas. Yeah, it's like there, <laughs> right. there's some cool, cool things. Yeah, I've always I've, I I kind of said that in Phantom Menace, too. I've always said that Star Wars has often really good ideas and has a lot of really good creativity, like their planet designs, their character and alien designs. Even their like technology designs, like of of uh, ships or animals, or you know where they have fight scenes, like in a factory or a coliseum or random planets, and like all of that, it usually is really cool ideas, and that is probably what captures all the kids. At least for me, I was like, these guys are fighting monsters, and then the Jedi come in and fight droids, and then there's a bounty hunter. Like all that is so awesome in theory, but it's in between like two hours of people sitting and talking. Of of cringy relationships and figuring things out and scratching their heads and yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot more CGI this time. We were talking about how Phantom Menace mixes practical with CGI and does it okay. Like some of it does really doesn't hold up. Uh, but this one is a lot more CGI and it's noticeably apparent at points. There is some stuff that still looks good. One scene that stuck out to me rewatching it uh, is when Obi-Wan is going after Jango Fett in space and they're going through the asteroid field. I thought all that stuff looked awesome. Like they do a lot of creative things there too, where they they're like dropping bombs to break up the asteroids to make it harder for each other to chase each other. The, the cool like Sonic bomb always stuck with me. It's just like, Whoa, the sound completely cut out. That's awesome. And then it just comes in and that big boom. really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff that Star Wars does so well, and that's the stuff that does stick with you. But, man, he's just missing the mark on a lot of the story stuff. The effects are overkill the most in that conveyor belt scene where it's just like, wow, the actors are just acting against, like, green sticks. You can completely tell. Like, it's just... (laughs) And I I can't stand C-3PO for that whole sequence. He annoys the crap out of me. Although he actually does have a one-liner that that made me laugh again upon rewatch. I was skimming through it earlier. And I caught a line that he said that made me laugh. Like he's his head is on a droid body 
And he kind of out of nowhere was like, die Jedi scum. And then he goes, what did I say? And I was like, that's actually, I kind of, I admittedly, I laughed at that. I was like, wait, that's, that's funny. A little dilemma for him. I don't know. It just, this happened in uh, Return of the Jedi too, right? What? Where C-3PO got chopped up into little bits and was carried around by Chewbacca for a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he's like the backpack, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I felt like I'd saw that before and it was, I think that's the one part of the movie where like, oh, we got to keep the, the kids involved, the little kids engaged. So let's let's have a silly scene with C-3PO while all this drama is going around with trying to escape from the factory. Bam, 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 boom, 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 pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Two more uh, topics before we move from CGI to something else. One, there is a very gratuitous use of CGI that was very unnecessary and also goes to the lame romance part. Do you remember when Anakin like they're eating dinner? Uh, him and Padme. Ah, uh, the infamous pair. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the force pair. Like, what's the point? <laughs> the, they not only CGI'd the pair, but they CGI the fork that she's using. And that's why it looks <laughs> really? so weird. Yes. Why are they cutting pears with a fork and a knife? Like, Just eat it. Regal society, I guess. Like, She's a senator. I, I guess that's what senators do. <laughs> yeah, like, they eat pears with forks and knives. <laughs> she's... She's pretty beautiful for a senator. For a senator, right. And then also, character design-wise, <laughs> let's talk about Dex's diner a little bit here. Because who would eat at a place owned by this walking turd, basically? Like, the health code violations at Dex's diner must be up the wazoo. Never thought about it, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Remember the the big burly guy from Lilo and Stitch? I always thought this was like a crossover scene. The same year, too, within a couple weeks of each other. Yeah. I don't remember not liking the design or anything. Uh, I just think it's weird that he has to go there, of all places, to figure out who the the dark came from. Like, Yeah, well, he goes there, and then he goes to the library. So it's like, why couldn't he have just gone to the library to and cut the middleman out? This movie is two hours and 20 minutes long, too, and it's about... Of just Anakin and Padme. And it feels like three and a half years. <laughs> right, well, like, the whole trip to Tatooine, I understand it's important for Anakin's development, but this goes back to what I was saying last time, Jake, where I was saying Phantom Menace is kind of unnecessary. Like, you can probably do a prequel trilogy and make, like, one part this movie, the next part Clone Wars slash maybe you mix the Tatooine stuff in that Anakin does in this movie... And then third part, Revenge of the Sith. Like, in this movie, the Tatooine stuff feels like just padding. In a movie that doesn't need padding. <laughs> I didn't rewatch the whole movie, so fill me in. Why exactly were Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme chained to those things? Was it just bad guy captures good guys? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I thought they might have, like, actually done something. Obi-Wan was previously captured because he got to the planet first and, like, sent a distress mission to anime... Uh, anime is a good couple name for them but yeah so they send a distress signal and then obi-wan gets captured count dooku tries to turn him pretty shamelessly by the way like he's like oh uh we'll have you released if you join me you know and he's like no i'm I'm not gonna do that basically and then anakin and padme come and they get caught on the conveyor belt basically and that's how they end up in the center and then all the jedi show up and we have our big third act finale which is (laughs) sorry complete tangent here but there's so many scenes where someone could kill the person they're fighting and they just don't. So Duco needs to chain up these uh, 
<laughs> chain up the good guys to get eaten by animals instead of, I don't know, killing him while he's chained up in an electric prison. Um, and then on the complete flip of that, there's the first bounty hunter. Yep, with the worms. Who tries to, with the worms, exactly. And, like, why couldn't that drone just fire a rocket or shoot <laughs> Padme? Why does it need to be weird worms? <laughs> well, I guess they were trying to, well, with that one, I, I do think it was trying to be discreet. So, like, maybe the worms it gave him a poison and it could look like a medical health thing, like, that she died from. Um, but, like, they already blew up her ship before that. Yeah, I, I was okay with the worm thing because I get the trying to be discreet and sneaky kind of thing. Maybe explosion just too much. Um, but yeah, there also, there's also a scene where Mace Windu walks in, although I guess this isn't the Jedi way, but he walks in and holds a, a lightsaber to Jango's throat and goes, this party's over. And I was like, well, one, you just walked into a whole mess of bad guys and didn't do anything about it. And then you delivered a line that George Lucas clearly wrote. Like I, we've talked about in depth about how stupid the Jedi look throughout this this movie and the previous movie, but it, it's worth repeating here because first of all, their confidence in Anakin is super random, mm, especially after last movie. Yeah, especially after last movie where it's very much like it took Qui-Gon dying from them to be like, all right, fine. Right. It's literally a shore. Right. Exactly. Now they're like completely convinced. Remember that whole like Yoda anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering thing. Like they're not worried about that anymore. Like he's just the chosen one now. Like he's a good guy. Like, all right, we're not even any way like wary about that at all. And they spend the entire movie complaining about how they can't feel the force the same way. The entire movie. Every single time Yoda's on screen, minus the Dugo fight. He's just saying, like, oh, my vision's clouded. The dark side has taken control. Just like, okay, we get it. Move on. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, how do you guys not, like, it takes them, like, really long for them to sense that the worms are in Padme's bedroom. The in it, they ju It's just in the nick of time, basically. Uh, yeah. They're, like, oh, they're like at, at her face when Anakin, like, walks in and slices them up. I mean, everyone in this movie, we're not, we'll expand it beyond the Jedi, because everyone in this movie that isn't Palpatine is kind of stupid. Like, they're all getting played. And, I mean, that's kind of the point. He's the Emperor. Well, although not not to not to go off on a tangent and stir the pot, but I like that the last Jedi actually acknowledges that. Um, like Ray talks about how great the Jedi are and like why they shouldn't die. And Luke goes at the height of the Jedi, the the Sith rose in them completely like under their nose. He's like the Jedi were never really all that great, and I was like, woohoo, okay, a little bit of hindsight writing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this this really shows that. Yeah, the person they set up to be the stupidest, and this feels fitting. Jar Jar's role in this whole story is way bigger than I remember it being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, way bigger. Like, he is just chilling for most of the time in the background, just saying nothing. Like, apparently, how is this guy a respected senator? Like, what happened? He he He, he saved his home planet. It's like seeing David Spade having a talk show. Like, how did that happen? Although I actually kind of like it. You like Jar Jar being involved? No, no, no. David Spade talk show actually kind of funny. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I don't know. But I agree. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I I will never understand why Mr. Lucas decided to have Jar Jar become a senator. If you really need him in the movie, first off, you don't need him in the movie. But if you really do, for whatever reason, why a senator? 
His role in the first movie was comedic family relief. That's not a senator. What are you doing? Nate, do you think it's him trying to lean into the fact that everybody hated Jar Jar, so have him do something so stupid? Or do you think it's him actually trying to have Jar Jar, Jar have an important role? Uh, without going too deep, because we're kind of getting down on our deadline here. But uh, Jar Jar's inclusion in this prequel trilogy is so weird that there is an incredibly detailed Reddit theory that got a lot of traction on how George Lucas wanted to make Jar Jar a Sith Lord in some degree and kind of do like a reverse Yoda situation where it's the person you least expect to be this powerful. Um, but Jar Jar's was so hated between the Phantom Menace and this movie that he wrote him out to be not that, not a dark evil villain character um, because the backlash would have been too great. Um, I highly encourage you to look it up. Look up Reddit uh, Jar Jar Sith Lord Theory. And the rabbit hole is amazing. <laughs> I've heard bits and pieces of this. Low-key might have liked that better. <laughs> and what if it's something else? I'll give you that much. Better than just political drama, democracy, uh, preaching. And I think that's the key here as we wrap up and we're about to give our ratings here on the seat scale. The, the key word is that this movie is not very interesting and it is absurdly dull. In my mind, it's the worst of the Star Wars movies. This is the worst, hands down. I do feel like there is, I mean, you guys can fight me on this. I feel like there might be a slight more direction in this one because like Andrew said, you can cut most of Phantom Menace and the Star Wars saga kind of just continues and it's fine. So I feel like this adds, this does add a little bit more. His direction is a little bit more clear. He has more of a vision, but it's not always great. It's not always good. Doesn't that make it sins worse though? I'm not even saying I disagree. Um... I don't know, it kind of, I flip-flop on the day depending on whether I like this or Phantom Menace better, or which I like worse, rather. Um, but this is also, not, it's not a disaster. I think it's got good moments, like Obi-Wan, I like Yoda, I like Mace Windu. Like, I like some of the characters, I like the action, more or less. Um, leaning on the more side, some of the graphics, like the creative ideas are, are good at points. But then there's like, Anakin and the dialogue and all the romance is just terrible, so... Probably damp lawn chair. Yeah, I'll put it in the damp lawn chair range with Phantom Menace. So, Nate, if this is your worst, where does it rank on the seat scale? Because nothing will go below this. Uh, it's hard to go all the way down to damp lawn chair. Or, sorry, uh, it's hard to go all the way down to sleazy outhouse. But it, it's close. <laughs> Uh, uh, mm. Yeah, because it's not a, a geostorm bad. Uh, well, you, you, I think you need to take expectations into account as well. A little bit. Oh, no, I don't dislike it that much. Like, it, there's just no... There's not even, like, anything fun to rewatch here. There's, like, a couple action scenes. This is dedicated to, like, the YouTube highlight reel in terms of actually wanting to spend time with this movie again rather than go sat, sit down and rewatch Attack of the Clones. It's just so boring, and anything cool, you can just find the clip of. Uh, so I'm going to go still damp lawn chair. That is second tier two, right? Okay, yeah. I'm still going to go damp lawn chair with it, but it's very close to being a stinky one. Um, 
and my last my last point will just be like, why is this called Attack of the Clones? They show up for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> That's how we ended the Phantom Menace podcast. We were like, Jake asked me what Phantom Menace means, and I told him. And I was like, we're going to talk about Attack of the Clones next. And that title makes no sense. They, this is all built off of that one reference in the original movie where like he served in the Clone Wars before we knew this was going to be a universe. And we're just like, well, crap, we got to come up with some way to fit clones in here. A secret army that shows up for the last 10 minutes. Go for it. <laughs> what What about Secret of the Clones? Like, there you go. You just made a better title. Barely. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with both of you. It is a very firm, damp lawn chair. It's not a it's kind of a disaster for what it is. But like there are things that are OK about it. like you and McGregor might rescue this movie from a sleazy outhouse like on his own. He's just so good as Obi-Wan. It's just shocking how bad everything else is. Like, I don't know. Damp lawn chair. And yeah, I mean, this is as bad as it gets. So we're only on the upswing. Revenge of the Sith will be coming next. Right. It gets better from here. <laughs> for Nate Longarini and for Jake Hensler, thank you for joining us once again. Be sure to be checking out our main podcast. And if you didn't listen to our Phantom Menace episode, please go back and look for that. Yeah, go do that. Yeah, because that was a fun one. Thank you, gentlemen. Keep that seat warm, everyone. We'll be back soon.